When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey folks, uh, real quick, my name is Nick Wilson and uh, right next to me I've got the man, the myth, the legend, Brandon Farmer. Uh, and this is our podcast. This yeah. is this is kind of our, our thing now. Uh, talk or go home. And I don't know, how long have you and I kind of semi-talked about a project like this? Uh, not long, I don't it's, think. It's not I been mean, very long. Be, we, I think you brought it up to me. Couple months ago, maybe three months ago, somewhere. I want to say, yeah. So probably back in the summer, yeah, sometime. And we're all super busy during that time, so I believe you just kind of like, hey, let's just uh, get back until yeah, let's just wait until we settle down a little bit, and then we can we can jump into it later on. And I think the the great thing about podcasts, I'm a podcast junkie. I love podcasts. I love listening to them. You know, we have some friends of ours that do. A podcast, Clint and Hammy, they do it. They have a podcast, right? Uh, and I'm sure we'll have those guys on at some point oh, to plug yeah, their sure. podcast and talk about what they, you know, what they do over yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, but what we're going to talk about on on this one, anything is pretty much anything. Whatever we want to talk about on a week by week basis, stories that we have, experiences that we've gone through, uh, movies, music, TV shows, yeah, sports, the whatever, works. yeah, it's it's everything. Anything we want. Yeah. And that's why the name of the podcast is Talk or Go Home, that's because it. we're going to talk, and if you don't want to listen, then you can go home. That's right. Or if one of us don't want to talk, we can go home. Home. <laughs> we, you know, we can hit the road, Jack. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, because you know, you get in these podcasts, and you listen to them, and, and they're kind of doing the same thing. I mean, you just get on anything, man, and listen to anything you want nowadays. But I know you, you know we got our own little community here in Little Asheville, Alabama. Which is where we're and, both from. Right. Is where we're both from, where we grew up. And Nick has put together, he works here at Asheville High School. I'm a teacher, yeah. And he's a teacher. And he's put together a dog talk show that we have for the football, yeah. basketball, baseball, and all other sports along with it. And um, so, he, so he's kind of doing that with, with other things too. And so he's already kind of got – we got the setup. We we where so, that's where we are right now. We're right. on the set of Dog Talk recording this podcast because we have the microphones in the studio and all the equipment set up, everything like that. It's it's pretty interesting because you know I never thought. And quick background on me: graduated from Asheville, grew up in Asheville, small town Alabama, small town Southern America. Never thought, if you can tell by the way, yes, we are from the South, right? By by this by yeah, yeah. our accent, can't, uh, <laughs> can't get wrong. Go wrong guessing that exactly. Yeah. So uh, and just you know, if you don't like that, I'm sorry. But if you find it interesting, then hopefully you'll stick with I us. I could but, sound worse in my. Accent. I think I, I sound really bad. Do you? I no, think I do. I, no, I, so no. Don't. Quick story. Side note before I continue. I went to school at Auburn University in Auburn, Alabama, and a lot of people, you know, it's a fairly large SEC Division I school, 30,000 students on campus. A lot of people from out of state go to Auburn. Well, I was sitting in class one day and talking to the professor. We were having a discussion about something, and next thing I know, this girl that was sitting next to me, obviously not from Alabama, 
you know, uh-huh. dressed dressed like your typical sorority girl. Nothing wrong with that, but you could just she right. kind of fit that stereotype. And she just leans over and she just goes, "Oh my gosh, where where are you from?" <laughs> and I just I kind of go, "Uh, uh, Alabama." She said, "Yeah, but where, where?" And then she said, "Where where in Alabama do they talk like you? Talk like you?" And I said, "Okay, is she being?" Is she? Is this like a compliment? Like, what's what's going uh, on here? And so I kind of, and it made me so self conscious. I went home, recorded myself talking, and listened back to it. And man, I sound like a <laughs> hick. I do. I really do. No, and I promise you guys, I'm no, not stupid. Nick, I'm Nick, not I've dumb. Heard way, <laughs> way worse than, than that, man. She must be living in a box. That's well, worse. she. I got to know her a little bit over the. Okay. Obviously, we established a kind of a rapport, and uh, come to find out, she's from Dallas, Fort Worth. Never lived anywhere else from Dallas, Fort Worth. But see, Dallas, and you would think in Texas, especially in Dallas, Fort Worth, it would kind of be they would be exposed to that. But it's so urban yeah. and suburban there right. that they have their own kind of accent. It's real yeah, because it's, every it's strange. Yeah, my roommate uh, was from Fort Worth. My yeah. freshman roommate, freshman year roommate at Auburn. And he did not have a Texas accent. It was a very kind of urban, almost like a no accent. Right. Almost like a Midwestern no kind of the the what accent. What area that, is this? Where he uh, where she was from? She was from da- she was from Dallas. He was from Fort Worth. Same basic area. Dallas and Fort Worth are right next to one another yeah. in Texas. He kind of had no accent, and she kind of had no accent. And so, I guess she had yet to encounter. She was also a freshman, but yeah. I guess she hadn't encountered a true Southern drawl yet when we approached yeah. one another. Uh, or when I spoke up in class, and I got that a lot actually. I, I where I worked at Auburn, the guys that I worked with, they kind of made fun of me for being this. T- not it, it was in jest because most of us were from Alabama that worked where I worked, but they they kind of I got cast as the uh, the Southern guy. Well, it's funny because if you sit here and talk to each other and you have conversation, we don't we don't recognize that. No, you know what I'm saying. But when we go to the people who. You know, haven't been around us. I say we, but yeah. Um, and they hear us talk. I mean, I guess whatever. I'm, Look, I'm proud we get of my made accent. Fun of. You yeah, know I mean? know. Yeah, a lot of Southerners get made fun of because of our accent. But uh, I like the Northern accent. I like the like the Boston area. Oh my gosh, man! The that, words they say. That's the, like a cool like, accent. It's me. awesome. So I, I like the way they talk. But you know, I will. I'll find myself in the depths of YouTube watching accent videos and how to talk like other accents. Like Yo, the get Bo- over here. Yeah, let's like the... the <laughs> let's go down to Boston. Yeah, the Boston accent, like the differences between the Boston accent, the New York accent, right. the Philadelphia accent, the Pittsburgh yeah. accent, those kind of things. And it's really, really cool. And I love doing accents. I can't do American accents. It's easier for me to do foreign accents, like an English accent or a, or a New Zealand, Australian accent, than it is a like a like a New York or... Right. It's, it, that's weird, but... Yeah. God, man, we got so off track. What was that's I talking okay. about? We're talking about anything. Hey, look, let's talk or go home. You right. know, this—that's the gist of the show. Yeah. Uh, but but back to myself, kind of. Even though I've already explained a whole lot of my life <laughs> through that one story. So I, I'm I'm fairly young, I guess is what you would say. I'm I'm a 24 year old teacher, coach, media guy here yeah. at Asheville High School. I help with football. I I teach social studies, and I and then I do this media thing when football's not in season. And then Brandon. 
you are you're out you're a small business owner you own your own small business yeah, so fairly I'm successful totally small on business the other side so i guess yeah I'm on a... i work for the government and you're a private <laughs> business owner so we're kind of on different spectrums there yeah. I, I cut grass for a living i've been doing it for 13 years got four kids Ready i'm single and don't have any <laughs> so we, are, we are totally different yeah. on this podcast but the same very we have a lot in common but there's just enough yeah. differences there that i think it it allows our take on things to right. be entertaining and varied enough to make this an interesting yeah. podcast i yeah, think it's what sure. we're trying to get to for sure so yeah i've been doing that for a while and yeah i got four kids at the house i help a lot around here with the the youth even was assistant coach here at Asheville for a little bit so uh and my dad loves nick to death he's been hanging out with yeah. my dad for a long time yeah. even even before i really knew I knew your dad knew before you, I really so. knew you. Right. Your dad, I, I'll, and your dad is how old? He's what, late 50s, 58? 58. Yeah. yeah that's so 58 years old, and I'm 24, and your dad's one of my best friends. Right. So it's kind of like a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people find that fairly interesting. But I think we're just kindred, we're well, kindred your dad spirits. Share a lot of the technology stuff, yeah. You know, and, and the camera stuff that Dad loves to do. So your dad is is, in all honesty, one of the driving forces behind what we do here at the high school, media wise, right. especially in athletics. Yeah. You know, he was at the game last night. I was I was busy signal call, signaling plays uh, for the offense, so I couldn't record highlights for right. the game. Yeah. But your dad was is there, and then when we do dog talk and Bulldog TV and all that other stuff here in the studio, he's always here producing, you know, and directing. Yeah. So. That's kind of how I, – I think we just indirectly explained how we know one another. Right. It's through your dad. Through dad. And I've known Mickey now for – God, it's been – I don't even know. What, while. six or seven years? I've known your mom longer. I've known her since my freshman year of high school. So I've been what? That would 11, have been 10, 10, 11? 10 years ago. Okay. Nine years ago. Nine, Nine years, years ago. ago. So uh, 2010. Nine years ago, yeah. 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 And so that's kind of how we know one another. Yeah. Dad introduced me to you and everything and – Got to know you, kind of. You already knew me, yeah, in a sense. Yeah, I did but, yeah. Uh, already, but but yeah, man, that's where we are. That's where we stand. That's where we stand. So, um, and I think you know this episode isn't going to be a full fledged episode. This is kind of an intro pilot yeah. episode, so it's going to be somewhat short. Kind of just going off the cuff today, and just kind of you know filling it out. Yeah, filling it out a little bit. So see what see what happens. And um, well, I know we have we've both done a little research and thought about this. Maybe not thoroughly, but we have favorite film of all time, right. and and that's what kind of we're going to talk about. I love movies. I'm a big movie guy. I don't have a lot of time to watch movies anymore, but when I do, I'm one of those guys that likes to go to the movie theater by myself. Yeah, I mean, like in the middle of the day oh. <laughs> when nobody else is there, so that I can eat my popcorn. I can sit in the center chair. Really. And because you know that middle chair, yeah, is where they test the sound, and all, so it's so that middle chair okay. is where okay. everything's calibrated for you to listen, so you get the best experience. I'm a huge like stickler when it comes to enjoy, you know, yeah, lights right. do, lights out, no talking, phone off, you know, enjoy, get the cinematic experience, yeah, right? Because I'm a huge movie guy, movie buff. I love you know actors but the directors and the producers are what i love to to research about and and the behind the scenes stuff of the movies and how movies are made and that kind of thing so i have a lot of respect for the industry and when i will go to watch a movie i want to experience the film like the creators intended it for it it to be experienced and so that's why i'm so nitpicky when it comes to that but i know you know i don't know how you are about movies 
you you've got you've got a large film uh i guess archive yourself so it depends you know (laughs) yeah if depending on what movie's coming out and what i want to go see or a lot of times kids want to go see a lot of times movies kids want to go see it's nap time for daddy (laughs) so i will especially during the summer i love a cool just put you to sleep dark go in there (laughs) Go to bed and just go to bed. Yeah, and just get be some rest. Out. Yeah, yeah, get some rest and catch up. And uh, but then there's other ones, you know, whatever. Like if I if some big time movie comes out and I'm really interested in it, I'll go. But I, I mean, I don't go not like we used to. I don't go a ton, but it just depends on what it is. Yeah, if it's some uh, the latest biggest movie that came out for me that I was interested in because I'm such a huge fan because I I love music and Mercy Me is one of my favorite. Christian artists that are in music right now, and they had the movie I can only imagine. I went to go see it, and that's probably the last one. That probably is the last one I went to go see in theater myself. Yeah. Now with the kids, I can't remember. Who knows? <laughs> so, well, the last. It's funny. The last movie that I went to go see, and this kind of leads into what we're going to talk about specifically, was Joker, the new Joker movie. Yeah. yeah. I went by myself. Let's see. We had fall break. We had one day for fall break. And we had football practice that morning. So I was up here at 5.30 Monday morning, two weeks ago, I believe, was our fall break. Go to practice. Practice until, you know, 9, I believe, 9.30, somewhere in there. Have a staff meeting afterwards. Come down to the classroom, the studio, do some work in the classroom, grade some stuff. Come into the studio, do some work, get get some graphics taken care of for for sports the next week. And... uh, and then I decided I was sitting there working on something. I can't even remember what. And I decided, you know what? You need some personal time. And so I really wanted to go see Joker. I'd promised one of my coworkers, Shay Monroe, who's our yeah. offensive coordinator. He's a really good friend of mine. Uh, he's like, hey, man, you want to go watch this movie together? I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Well, we had never really set a date. And here I was. I was presented with this opportunity to go watch this movie. And I said, gosh, man, Shay's going to get really mad at me. <laughs> But I really want to go see this movie. So I went, hopped in the car, drove uh, down the road and uh, a little ways and did exactly what I described to you earlier. Went into a movie theater. I was maybe one of four people in the entire theater. Really? Yes. During the day? Yes. Oh, this was at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 2.30 in the afternoon. I guess, yeah. On a Monday. On a Monday. On a Monday. You know what I mean? And uh, I had my popcorn and I got water because I've... I'm trying to not drink soda. Right. So my water, my popcorn, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just, I just, man, the movie, so good. Highly recommend Joker. Not the most family-friendly film. Right. Very dark. Yeah. Very, very dark. But in terms of filmmaking and acting, great movie. Good stuff. Entertaining story. Uh, Joaquin so Phoenix, was, does he take it to another level? He does. Joaquin did an amazing job. You know, most movies where that have a well-known actor, you can kind of go, okay, that's Ryan Gosling yeah. as what's his name in in uh, uh, 2049, or that's Harrison Ford as right. you know Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade. But Joaquin Phoenix does such a good job at selling the character. I mean, he lost, I believe, 50, 50 pounds for the role. Yeah, he's skin and bones in that movie, man. Yeah, yeah he looks it. It's but he the the way that he's always in tune with the context of the character and the scene that's going on. I mean, it's just his body language is telling the story, man. It's amazing. Especially there at the end where, and I won't get into the details for spoilers, obviously, but the interaction that he has, the, the, 
the climactic scene that he has at the end of the film with Robert De Niro's character is just wow. It brings the whole Arthur character, Joker character, and it just, you know, because they're building to it throughout the whole movie, and it just lays it out there for you right there in that one scene, and it kind of, it's everything that you want it to be, right. but also don't want it to be. Right. It's everything you want it to be in the sense that, okay, that's what that character deserves in terms of story. That's right. how that story needs to be told, but you're also kind of like, it's like a car crash. You know, you want to look, but you're also like, my gosh, I don't need to look. That's bad. That's yeah. awful. It's kind of like one of those things. Yeah. And I did not do a really good job at describing how good that scene was in that moment just then. Yeah. But I promise you that was, <laughs> it was, it was a good scene. Right. So, do we want to bring up favorite movies right now? Yeah, or do you absolutely. Kind of, so we'll start with yours, and yours is? The Dark Knight. Right okay. now. Now it changes, but right now it's The Dark Knight. Okay. Heath Ledger playing the Joker in that one. Have you seen the first? Not the first Batman. Well, I guess, all right, let's go back to the 60s. Yes. A little bit. Caesar to, Romero. Was it Caesar Romero? I believe you're right. Yeah. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah. Caesar Romero is, is, the, is uh, the original Joker in the TV series yeah. with Adam West. and Adam West yeah. and who was Robin? I can't remember who Robin was. Yeah. I'm so ashamed. But you've come a long way since then. So the next Batman movie that before that was 1989. I believe with, so. Uh, Michael Keaton in it. And, Tim Burton, uh, I think, yeah. directed that. And I, I'm drawing a blank right now on the Joker. Nicholson. Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. So you got him. Great job. Cesar Romero does a good job at laying the foundation. Yeah. And you got Nicholson, who does a great job at taking it to the next level. Right. And then Heath, of course. And then Joaquin. Well, you got, don't forget, you got. Who am I forgetting? You got, you got uh, in, in between okay, Heath and, and Joaquin, you've got. Suicide Squad? Yes. Yeah, okay. But I didn't see that one. I, have, I haven't either. And so I cannot. I have been told by multiple people that while. Oh, what's his name? I can't even think of his name. Uh, it's, I'm drawing a blank. 30 Seconds to Mars. He's a lead singer. He won an Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, and he plays the Joker? He plays the Joker. It's that it's that street face, gang mafia yeah. kind of look. He's yeah. going for the slick back hair, and he right. doesn't wear a shirt, and he's got tattoos all over yeah. him, and he's and he's got the gold tooth or whatever. Yeah. Um, I can see his face as clear I can today, too. but I, I can I too. Uh, but I just cannot think of his name at the moment. So you saw uh, that movie? I have I have not seen Suicide Squad. Okay. So I, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is I cannot – be a true judge as to which Joker is the best Joker or which actor, I guess, portrays the best Joker. But I know which one is my favorite. And, you know, his name's going to come to me. Suicide Squad Joker's going to come to me here in a second. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. You had, uh, I forgot Will Smith was in that. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. That's it. Yes, yep. that's it. Jared that's Leto. It. But my favorite Joker is Heath Ledger. Heath is your favorite Heath Joker? is my favorite. Yeah, I think he was so – it killed him, man. I mean <laughs> – I mean, he killed he, him. Yeah. I mean – The 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 character, he, which is he went sad, so hard dude. that it killed him. Right. It's sad. I mean, that's how – don't know really why, why the Joker has to be so dark. Yeah. And go that far with it. But then again, I mean, I, don't, I, th- I thought Jack played it really well because he was still that – he was that – Bad, dark, crazy guy, but he all, you know, he was, had that, um, just craziness behind him, you know, that mm-hmm. laugh, you know, and just. It was almost, he, he exuded chaos. Yeah. I, I think that character is chaos. That's I, what he strives for. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think just Heath just took it to another level. Heath kind of again, it's it's another one of those things, kind of like Joaquin did for me in Joker. Heath did for me in The Dark Knight. He took me out of real life and made me believe that he was this mysterious Joker character. I did a, some research, and there's a lot of, of course, Christopher Nolan, the director, writer, producer of the Dark Knight trilogy and the Dark Knight film. He hasn't commented on where the background for Ledger's Joker came from or the right. inspiration there, but I've read a lot of stuff online, as one does, and there are a lot of arguments being made by fans that think that that character's Joker, that Heath's Joker, is kind of inspired by a post-traumatic stress veteran or CIA operative of some kind. Because, you know, in the movie, The Dark Knight, Christian Bale, uh, his character Bruce Wayne, Batman, tries to do a facial scan of Joker, of Heath Ledger's Joker, and it won't come up with anything. He's not in any system. Uh, he doesn't have a name. There are, is no record of him anywhere. And yeah. so the only explanation for that would be that he was a government operative whose personal information and face had been classified. Right. And obviously Batman doesn't have access to those databases. And so that's kind of where, and then, you know, you think about the little things that he does, changing his his story as to why yeah. he got his scars every time, right. that being something that, that spies are trained to do. And so I think that's a valid argument. And two, when you look back at the year 2008, when this was being made in 2007 and six, when Nolan was writing this movie, even back to five, you know, you're in. You're at the at the end of Bush's second term. It's a it's a it's an America that has 9/11 still in the back of its mind, very yeah. very close in the back of its mind. And so, you know, the war and the war's toll on our troops is still on everybody's mind. And so, I think that that's definitely a possibility uh, for for why Joker, the Joker in the Dark Knight, is the way he is, and that's the way that he's portraying him. You know that this was a guy who was incredibly intelligent, worked for the U.S. intelligence community in some capacity, and went crazy from yeah. the war, from his experience somewhere in the war, somewhere in the world, and he comes back to Gotham for some reason and wants to stir up trouble. So, yeah, and I also think that the production of the movie was different. Very, it was one of the first ones that really brought that, like you were talking about when you're sitting in there in the movie room by mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah. And you want to hear that sound? Oh man! That that you know that, Ooh, those, that, that those, just, uh, I think was that not Dark Knight? Didn't it? Absolutely. First one that brought that kind of action to yes. it, or that type of sound to it. So Hans Zimmer, the guy that scored the film, he's worked with Christopher Nolan on many films, almost every single film, not all of them, but almost all of Nolan's films. You know, I, I watched a masterclass that Zimmer put on online where he talked about his relationship with Christopher Nolan and going through and, and doing that score specifically for that yeah. movie. And Nolan is just like, you know, I want something that builds an atmosphere, right. you know, and contributes to this dark theme that we've got, this motif rather, that we've got rolling through right. the whole yeah. film and kind of, you know, it works. I mean, Zimmer said that he exper experimented for several months with different sounds and that kind of thing. He experimented with the first film in the trilogy, which was Batman Begins. Yeah. And, you know, in Batman Begins, you hear the hoo, ha, ha, hoo, ha, ha. Yeah. And you also have that in The Dark Knight Rises as well. Nolan basically, or excuse me, Zimmer, in an article, I believe, said that he just kind of threw out this online thread and said, hey, 
I want as many people to re- read and sing these choir lyrics as possible. Yeah. And so he got like 20,000 people from all across the world to do hoo ha, hoo ha, ha, oh, really? hoo ha. Yeah. And then he combined, combined all of them it. and edited it and mixed it and that kind of thing. And I that's what you hear in the movie. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, like, it is the first movie, like you said, I think, that kind of. That I remember like that. Yeah. It was experimental. I, yeah. It was experimental at the time. And yeah, I remember that. And just what was the length of the movie? The, the movie was like two and, two and, and a half hours, hours long. Yeah. So 2008, that was, that was long. Right. It, and they just seemed like they keep getting longer because mm-hmm. we just watched, I did, just watched the Avengers Endgame. Cause I hadn't you seen just it. saw it? Yes. Oh, dude. man. Well, I don't know. I wasn't up. <sighs> Me and, my brother, <laughs> Big old side. me and my brother-in-law have got into it about it. it um, we like to say names on here. We want to give down names or give first names. That's up to you. What, Shane. It's yeah, called Shane. Shane. Yeah. All right. so, that anyway, may or may not be his name. <laughs> it may not. <laughs> so Shane, he's like, man, when the, when the Avengers first came out, oh, come check out. I mean, you got to come check this out. I mean, everybody's watching. I was like, man, it can't be better than the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Dark Knight was huge. It was just big time. Yeah. And... Um, it had to lead so far up until the Avengers. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, of course. Yes. Of uh, box score money. Uh, yeah, being the pinnacle of superhero movies. Absolutely. Dark Knight had. Yeah, it. yeah. So then Avengers comes along, and I think they they break that record. Mm-hmm. But I still wasn't like convinced on it. He, you know, just trip kind. He kept trying to convince me of it or whatever. So, so yeah. So I, the Avengers is. Slowly but surely caught on with me. I'm I'm, I'm starting to watch it more or whatever. And Get we, into we, it. Yeah. And then we finally watched the end game the other night. It was great. I loved it. Make you emotional? Uh, a little bit, I yeah. guess. But three-hour movie. Long movie. <laughs> three-hour movie. Long. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Just how they keep getting longer and longer, it seems like. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it going to be a day where we have a four-hour movie? Well, I, I think so, because I think that kind of like what I was speaking to earlier, sitting in that chair yeah. with that popcorn in a dark room with a massive screen and stereo sound, it's now, and I think, you know, movie theaters that aren't investing in this need to, but it's all about the experience. You know, right. we just had a new movie theater that opened up down the road in another city that... It's it's a completely different. They're treating it like a completely different business model. Yeah. You know, it's all you can eat popcorn, refillable drinks right there. It's almost like you walk in and you don't go up to a cashier or cash register. There's a little stand where you mm-hmm. buy a ticket, yep. and then you go up, and then there's like a concession stand area where you right. buy your food, yeah. or buy I guess your buckets and your drink cups, and then you can go and fill them up or whatever. And then you go into the movie theater. You go through a little lobby area into a, the movie theater. And you're sitting in a in a massive chair that reclines and has a headrest oh, and yeah. footrest, and it's a completely different experience. That's actually where I saw Endgame with two with two of my friends here that I worked with at the high school. It was an experience, right? And so, if it's an experience, I don't think people are going to mind a four hour movie. No, not when they're not when you can press a button now and, and they'll bring out drinks and exactly and snacks out to you. So that that brings a lot to it too, and. Like you said, the recliners and all that stuff that you can. But see, what's interesting to me is how is streaming gonna gonna affect that? Because you know Netflix and HBO and they all all these streaming platforms and Amazon Prime, right. they're making these original movies that you can only see on their 
platforms and they're good movies. Yeah. They are good movies. Yeah. So our you know, Netflix is actually they're distributing some of their movies in theaters before they release them online now. Yeah. So the interesting part for me is gonna be are people gonna choose convenience over experience? I I don't know. Depends I think it all depends on the setup they got at home. Yeah. A lot of these people got these theaters that's, that's true. Top sound system they yeah. got and everything, and um, I think if on their convenience, if they can just watch it at home, get the same experience. And but then, like you said, like yourself, want to go to the movies and get that experience with the popcorn, with the snacks, and same thing with you know the kids. I want to take them to get the movie experience, and and they enjoy that. So I think you'll have a little bit of half and half there, fifty fifty. Because a lot of people, you know, if if Posited that the movies, the theaters, theater business is going to go away. It's going to slowly die down. But then you've got the rise of Alamo, the Alamo movie theater, Alamo Draft House, I think is what it's called, yeah. where it's like it's half restaurant, half bar, half movie theater, kind of, where you can get really good food, really good drinks, sit down and watch an obscure movie, independent film, if you yeah. want to. They're popping up all over in like places like Austin and San Francisco and Los Angeles and New York and Chicago and Atlanta, maybe, I think. And so I, I think you're going to see a slow shift yeah. to the more experience base. But again, I don't know if that's long-term how long that's going to last. Yeah, I don't I mean? think it'll completely go away. I think yeah. it'll feel stuff like that keeps it around. And, I don't um, think it's going to disappear. Right, and still people like to get out. Yeah, you know yeah. they don't like sitting at the house all the time either. So, um, like I said, I think find a fifty-fifty on it. That goes back to you know the Dark Knight. These block blockbuster films are as much as critics hate them, they hate them. Yeah, they're keeping the movie business alive. They're keeping well the theater business alive specifically. Right. You know because when you make a film that's universally sought after, yeah that can reach just about any audience out right. there, you're going to bring in folks. No, no I mean, Endgame is now the highest grossing movie of all time. It passed Avatar. You know, it's it's made the most money ever yeah, for any film. I just watched it and last <laughs> week. So. You just watched it. What did you watch it on? Did you rent it or something? Yeah, I rented it. You rented it? Yeah. yeah. We were, it was on a weeknight, or not a weeknight, but on, on the weekend. And we were just kind of, I think Amanda was away, or my, my wife, whatever name I want to call her. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, so she was gone. So the kids, we were at the house. So I went ahead and rented it, and we watched it, and uh, stayed up late. Did you enjoy it? Cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we we enjoyed the. Um, what was the one before that? Uh, Avengers: Infinity War. Infinity War. Enjoyed that one too. Yeah. So, yeah, I enjoyed them. I enjoyed that one. It, it had a um, little twist to it and stuff, and how they were doing it. Well, and I think that that kind of goes back to. The Dark Knight, in a, in a sense, because you know I, we're talking about the Dark Knight being experimental yeah. in a lot of ways, film lengthwise. But I think it was also experimental in that it took its subject matter very seriously. Yeah. You know, it took because you look at the Adam West Batman series back in the '60s, it was a little campy. You know, it was a little kind of oh yeah, you yeah. know, it, it didn't really take itself too too seriously. I mean, Adam West was a com- comedy actor. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, uh, holy moly, Batman! But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'll. Uh, I'll walk around class in the halls at practice and just, you know, 
holy toilet bowl, Batman. Yeah. You know, because sometimes I mean, some just... of the things that Robin would say were just completely random. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then you look at you look at the Dark Knight. You look at Avengers, especially Avengers Endgame and Infinity War, and they're taking these traditionally fringe topics like comics yeah. and comic books and bringing a lot of drama and a lot of seriousness into the film, which I like. Yeah. I, look, I grew up collecting comics, but I collected, you know, um, Batman and Wolverine yeah. and X-Men and all that stuff too. When I, the Marvel stuff besides Spider-Man, I mean, I remember collecting them too, but it wasn't like a huge deal, if you know what I mean, like yeah. the Iron Man stuff. I, I guess I wasn't that far into it. Um, Batman was just big. During that time. So I guess I just, I'm kind of like, not kind of like you. I know you like the Avenger movie too, but I kind of like the Batman movies more. I, I don't know why. I guess because they keep remaking them and keep redoing them. For one way or another, I think there's something attractive about his story. You know, yeah, his, exactly, his, exactly. His character. That's but I will be on it. The Avengers movie has caught on to me. I guess at first it's because they were bringing so many other characters in. I was like, man, this is – I can't keep up. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of hard. But So people ask, especially my students, you know, when, you know, that first week of class where you're trying to get to know one another, you want your kids to know you and you want to know them and you're trying to establish that relationship. And I always tell them, because it's always asked, right. who's your favorite superhero? Batman. Batman is my favorite superhero. But my favorite – I guess because then then the, usually there's a comic book kid somewhere out there that you're teaching in your class one of your classes that says okay Marvel or DC yeah and I say Marvel because Marvel to me those stories are just so much more you know DC's got they've got Batman yeah and Superman has ebb, ebbed and flowed yeah. over the years but they've got Batman and they hang their hat on Batman and they can because Batman is a great story he's got the best villains in my opinion. But then, as a whole, you've got Iron Man, Captain America, Scarlet Witch, all the Avengers, man, right. at Marvel. And it's just, and then what they're doing with the Marvel Cinematic Universe is so just awesome and creatively brilliant. Kevin Feige, the guy over at Marvel Studios, is doing a great job. Yeah. An amazing job. Something that a lot of people in Hollywood couldn't do, which obviously they've tried with the DC Extended Universe and they're not doing too well at. I mean, Batman versus Superman, my gosh, that was awful. Uh, yeah, in my opinion, yeah, but, it was. But uh, but I mean, I just you know I I'm a Batman guy. I love Batman. I do more research on his history. Like I I sat down for an hour and a half the other day and just looked up the backstory on the Riddler because I was just curious about the Riddler, you know, and his interactions with Batman and that kind of thing. And yeah, I don't know why they don't do more with like the Penguin. Yeah, um, but yeah. I think. Are they not coming out with another one here pretty soon? So 2021, there's another Batman movie that's supposed to come out. And he's played by... Robert Pattinson. Twilight. The guy from Twilight. Yeah, yeah the guy from Twilight. A lot of people have criticized that casting. But then the Riddler's going to be in that one. And the Penguin? I don't know. I haven't heard yeah. that the Penguin... But Paul Dano, whoever that is, I don't know who he is. <laughs> but Paul Dano was cast as the Riddler. Yeah. Uh, and the last time we saw the Riddler, maybe the only time, in a, in a feature-length film with Batman was Jim Carrey... In Batman Forever, which came out in 91, maybe? It was Val Kilmer's no, Batman, do you know? it more been like 96, 97. Was it? Okay, Yeah, gotcha. it was a little bit later on. So, yeah. Uh, well, you Joel, also had to really 
back in the sixties, back with Adam West, because yeah. you had all of them on there. You had the penguin, penguin Riddler, Joker. Joker, Catwoman. Yes, yeah. So um, I wish they bring them back because um, when Michael Keaton did the second um, after the original Batman, Batman Returns with Catwoman in it and Penguin in it. Yeah, I mean that was big time too. So um, I enjoy all them <laughs> characters along with. It. I don't know understand why we haven't brought them in the fold. Especially when, um, uh, what's his name? Played in Batman, Dark Knight. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah. During that time, while he was still in it. So, I don't know. Well, you know, and, and I think Christopher Nolan's whole idea for the Dark Knight trilogy, because it, he never thought up about it as a trilogy. He never yeah. thought about making a sequel. Until, well, I shouldn't say that. He was reluctant to. Yeah. You know, you're talking about a filmmaker who puts a lot of time and effort into his work. And his wife is a producer. She's a big-time producer, too. They always produce their movies together, or most of the time, anyway. And and they did not want to kind of fall prey to that Hollywood blockbuster sequel yeah. kind of thing right. that's happened recently. But they did, and it turns out, I mean, in my opinion, The Dark Knight is the best one out of the series, out of the trilogy. You know, you've got Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. And to me, it kind of peaks right there with The Dark Knight. Yeah. Batman Begins, solid movie with a solid villain. Then you go up from there to The Dark Knight, and you've got The Joker. Oh, heck yeah. And then you kind of come down again with The Dark Knight Rises to kind of softly conclude the story with a return to the yeah. villain from, from Batman Begins and a new version. Man, it, it was just... It's a solid, solid series, solid trilogy. Well, they need to bring they need to bring, uh, bring Robin into the fold somehow. Well, you know, they way. set it up at the end of The Dark Knight Rises. They set Robin yeah, up. Yeah, I know. They set him up, and they set the Riddler up too. Yeah, I'm that's not right. Mistaken. I think so. They had set him up, and I thought, but they don't. But but I think Nolan did that for for a spinoff movie for Warner Brothers. Yeah, for another director. In another place and another time, and they just didn't run. They just didn't go with it. Yeah, the I, studio didn't go with right. it. Right. I wish they would have. Because I know that at that point he was ready to be done with the series. He, I think, at that point he had moved on to Interstellar. He yeah. was working on inter, getting Interstellar done by the time the third movie ended. Yeah, I believe if I'm not mixing up my timeline there. And you and I both know we're both kind of creative people. When you work on something for so long, it gets kind of you want to move on to something else. Yeah. and challenge yourself. I so just, I, and maybe yeah. that's why that we don't see those characters anymore because they were so heavily done, especially in the TV show. I believe the Penguin got the most airtime as the as the main. The Joker wasn't even the main villain in the in the TV show, from what I remember. Right. It was more so the Penguin. Yeah. If I'm not, am I mistaken on that? You talking about the animated series? For, no, with Adam the Adam West series from the '60s. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was he was the. Yeah, I was. I penguin remember the Penguin the guy. a you know lot. Who, you know who that was. I don't. You know who played the penguin? I, I don't. I don't. I I can see it now. Him with the monocle and his yeah. scrunched up face. And you I know? didn't realize it the day when I we we were over at mom and dad's and it came on or something. Paying attention, to, I said, "Who is that?" I know. Well, he's um, he's Mick and Rocky. He's no, Rocky. yeah, he's Rocky's trainer. What? That makes so much sense yeah. now. The way his face was contorted. Yeah. If you that go back so and watch it, and you look at it. That, that's him. The same guy. Okay, we got we got to find out his yeah. name. That's awesome, and I—I I, I can't even think of it now. I'm so bad with names, but anyway, but that yeah, that's him. That's Rocky's trainer, and uh, who played the penguin part. He and and that guy was a very—he was a very well-known actor. 
Yeah. From what I, yes. Okay. I see. Is I see. Is Oswald Chesterfield Cobblepot is the penguin's real name. Yeah. He goes by the penguin, pingy, this, that, and the other. He was portrayed by. Well, it's not telling me. It's it's giving me the background on on the penguin. Burgess Meredith. Yeah. Burgess Meredith was the actor that played the penguin in the 1960s. Yeah, he did a really good job with. Did it. a great job. For that time is what yes. I'm saying. Did a great job there at that time. And who who played the penguin in uh, Batman Returns? That I don't. That I don't know. Hold on. Hold I don't on. know. Hold on. Can you want to, you want to pull uh, that up too? I, I got it right. I know people are screaming into this. I mean, uh, yeah. listen, screaming at their at their yes. in their car wherever they're listening to this. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Gosh, how did we forget that? I don't know. And I thought he did a really good job too. I thought he played it. He played it pretty. Like the Joker, yeah, go dark a little bit with them, you know, and everything. And uh, he played it pretty well too. Thought Mich- Michelle Pfeiffer, I know that one, yeah, for some reason yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> Play Catwoman, so yeah, she yeah. did a good job with it. Also, it's it's just a good universe to play with, I think. And and when you look at the Dark Knight, the reason the Dark Knight is my favorite movie is that when you look at that story and you look at those characters that Nolan adopted for that story. They're already characters that we know. You know, we know the Batman origin story. Everybody does. Yeah. You know, his parents were killed in an alley after watching a movie or an opera or whatever by some random guy. In some stories, it's the Joker. The Joker. In some stories, it's not. It's just a random yeah. thug. But, you know, and then Detective, or, well, at the time, Lieutenant Gordon comes and is the first guy on the scene, or he helps console Bruce, and Bruce grows up an orphan and, you know, kind of takes on this vengeful personality in the Batman to avenge his parents and, and defeat crime in Gotham and save his city. And he plays, he has this playboy kind of persona that he also keeps up. And But what Nolan does with that story in The Dark Knight that's very special and has always attracted me is that he brings in a villain that we know nothing about. You know, we know the Joker, but we don't know Heath Ledger's Joker. Right. And then he throws in this Harvey Dent character, Two-Face, and and it's like the Joker, Harvey Dent, and Batman are all battling for the soul of Gotham. Yeah. And it's where we see Batman, the Dark Knight, fall. We see this man fall. He has to fall in order to win. He has to fall because the Joker wants, and like it says at the end of the film, the Joker wants everybody to lose their faith in the good. Yeah. Everybody put their faith in Harvey Dent, and he successfully turned Harvey Dent bad. Right. But the Dark Knight sacrificed himself to ensure that Harvey Dent's reputation remained intact and that people believed in the good. And I think that message is so incredibly powerful in the way that Bale and and Heath Ledger went off on one another and, and the chemistry that their characters yeah. had in the film and how all that played out through Dent and through uh, the female lead played by Maggie Gyllenhaal this time played by Maggie Gyllenhaal it was just so well done man so well done the twists and the turns of the film the cinematography of the film the acting the director it, it was all just amazing and that's why it's my favorite movie and that it changes from time to time but that's why The Dark Knight is my favorite film it's just that story the way that Nolan constructed it and then the way that he put it on screen was absolutely brilliant it's a cool film yeah I've always said it before The Avengers came out that was that was the film to beat for for a good little while and I still think that there are some 
people out there, especially critics that that hoist that movie as the most well-made superhero yeah. film out there. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily would say that just because I don't know what is or what isn't, but, but yeah. I know that it's my favorite movie right now. I'm not a huge comic book movie guy, but it's just story-wise, it was just great. Yeah. But, but your favorite movie, kind of moving on, your favorite movie is... Back to the Future, baby. What a classic. 1984? 19... Was it 84, 85? I want to say it was 85. Yeah, I think it was 85. 85. Yep. Yeah. That movie is so ingrained in my mind because it was my mom's favorite movie. And so we would, you know, when it was just me and her and it, my little brother at home. Yeah. Dad would be working for some reason somewhere or some, and, and we would just be at home and she would get done cleaning. We'd go downstairs and throw that movie on and just grab some popcorn well, and watch the movie and it was awesome it, it was such a cool movie and some of the music the soundtrack that was with it was awesome the the orchestra that they you know that played the different songs with it along um, you had Huey Lewis in the news God, doing man. Power of Love and that's the power I, of yeah, love it, it was just you put all that combined with the movie itself and I thought the car, the DeLorean, sold it all. Just the way it was made and, and the way Doc brought it out. And you got this crazy scientist who can do all these things, and he's created where you can go back in time. And I thought, oh, man, I'm so bad with names. The guy that plays Marty McFly? Marty McFly. His, the guy that yeah, plays him? Yeah. Yeah, his name's skipping my mind, too. Uh, we're bad with names. We're so but, bad with God, names, this dude. Is, we're talking about movies, and we can't remember actors' names. He Great actor. Wow, do you know what his middle name is? The character at Martin McFly's middle name is? Seamus. Martin. Really? Martin <laughs> yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> Martin Seamus McFly is played by Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Yeah. Of course. How do you forget Michael J. Fox? I know. We did. Anyway, I thought Michael was, was the best. He couldn't have played that part any better. He was the best person to pick that out for that for that for that spot. No, I just I watched that movie so many times, Nick, when I was a kid, and it just I guess the tech the technology of it, that side of it, uh, I don't know the rock and roll side of it, the music that came along with it, and just going back in time, just imagine literally back in yeah, time. and just imagine if you could go back in time, you know what, what would you do? Say. And I'm, I'm going to try to keep this short and brief because this is your movie. I want you to talk about it. But to me, well, apparently, I don't know the names, <laughs> so I'm, I'm already killing it already. So to me, it's it's special because it created a feeling, it created an emotion, an atmosphere that was just so positive and but so aggressive and passionate and just. I mean, it takes place in the 80s, the greatest decade, yeah. arguably the greatest decade in American popular pop culture history. The clothing, the style, the music, the just dealing with time travel. Yeah. It's a time travel movie in the 80s, man. Yeah. Even though it was made in the 80s, you know, look at, look at what we have now in modern culture. Stranger Things set in the 80s. Yeah. All right. Huge franchise. Okay. Right. Uh, the Goonies, classic Which film. Which I love, by the way, Stranger Things. 
Yes, Stranger Things is one of my favorite TV shows. Yeah, Goonies one of my favorite movies. You, there's so much that goes on in the '80s, and it's such a. I don't know. I don't even. I can't even put it into words what I'm feeling about it. It's like it's just such a positive. You know, I wasn't even alive in the '80s, but I feel like there's so much positivity with the music from that time period and with the movies and the style, everything with bright colors and yeah, and the and what people were doing then with technology and and when we're coming out of the slowly coming out of the right. Cold War, you know. And then this film comes along. And to me, it captures the spirit of all of that, you know, dealing with issues with parents. I mean, Marty McFly goes back and almost falls in love. His mom almost falls in love with him. Right. You know, you got a a fatherly figure in Doc who is taking this outcast kid, outcast skateboarder wearing a life preserver and kind of guiding him along life in a very weird way, but teaching him some very important life lessons. And it's a really powerful movie for me and that aspect and you know we grew up watching it in two different completely different contexts so it means something different to you but for me it symbolizes that and and it's also a throwback for me and it's a connection for me with my parents and i think that's also huge because they were teenagers in the 80s they are michael j fox's age they were marty mcfly's age in that movie right dad graduated in 84 mom graduated in 80 i believe or 82 so from high school so it's also a connection for me to their generation and to them and I just, it's magical, man. That's the only way I can describe that film is it's just magical. Well, it takes you back also. You've got the 80s. So then it takes you back to the 50s. Yes. You know, and puts you during that time, which is so strange because right now, if we took it back 30 years ago, we're back, we're in the 80s. That's crazy, man. You know, you know crazy to think about. You know, the car being cool, you know, the, the door coming up. That was awesome. up on the side. You know, you always... I wanted to be in that car. I wanted that. I wanted eighty-eight that car. miles an hour, man. And Dad had actually found one not too far from where we were during that time. Really? Not during that time, but I'm probably this is early, early to mid nineties, I would say. And he found one. Went and spent some time in it. Yeah. Sat in it. You know, I'm like, it's so cool. But Back to the Future was a, the first ones are always great, of course. But I thought the trilogy to it is one of the best trilogies ever made, in my opinion. I would. As far as the first one, yeah. the second one, and the third one. And I know, would you would you say Avengers would be in that category as far as trilogy, or as you think of it in, a, in so, another well, way? So, well, you got the Avengers, then you have Avengers, I think then after that it was Avengers Age of Ultron, then you've yeah. got Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgames. Technically, there's four of that. Yeah, I mean, they bit? do consider Infinity War and Endgame kind of the same movie so. because it was all yeah. shot together. Yeah, but I would I would agree with you that you could consider the Back to the Future trilogy one of the best trilogies of all time, mainly because it kind of set the precedent for what a good trilogy should be. Even though it's kind of the opposite, where we talked about the Dark Knight trilogy, it's kind of the opposite of that. Yeah, you know, the dark, I talked about the Dark Knight. The middle movie kind of being the the penultimate film, the climax film. Right. Whereas to me, the Back to the Future trilogy, the bookend movies of the trilogy, the first and the third movies, were the better of the three. Yeah. And then that middle one was was there to to move the story along, but it wasn't because that's the one where they go to the which one you're talking about? The second one. The second one. They go to the future. Yeah. Yeah. And that one was probably as a kid. Watching that one, I like 
probably I liked it the most. Really? Just because they took you to the future and you did well, you still had the future at that time. So you didn't know what it was gonna look like. You didn't know what twenty fifteen was thought, gonna look like. Maybe it could look like this. And that, you know, that would interest you as a kid. Because I'm still watching that movie, even though it was it was made in eighty five. So I'm watching that movie probably around between ninety and ninety two. You still got a long time up in, up until two thousand fifteen is where they were at the time. So as I got older though, the first one still was the main one. Um, Maybe no, I'm thinking okay, I thought the middle one was the one where where uh Biff takes over he goes to an alternate future where Biff takes over the town and he runs that massive casino. That is that, number two. That is number two. Yeah, that is number yeah two. see I I hated that whole story did line you, that right, you right like there. It? I liked I liked the part yeah. of the movie where they did go to the future. Yeah. But that whole alternate alternate future thing right. just was very like, oh God, what? What's what's going on? Well, old Biff, you know, in the yeah. second one figures out what they're doing. Yeah. Because he buys the sports almanac to go back. Marty wants to go back and, and make some money. So he he figure you know he he figures out what they're doing and what they've made and then he goes back and all that stuff. I don't know. I thought in the third one they made is probably not a a fan favorite I guess of the three, but I thought it was still good. I did too. I enjoyed I, I enjoyed it, the refrigerator scene where you know he walks into the barn and yeah. you see this massive machine yeah and it's clunking and moving and. And then yeah. at, at the end of it, it spits out a little cube of ice. Cube of ice. <laughs> and he's like, that's a, that's a giant refrigerator. But if you think about it, how awesome would that have been back in the the American West in the 1880s oh, to yeah. have something that made ice? Yeah. You yeah. know? I thought Biff, through the entire thing, and I don't know what his name is either, by the way. Wilson. But, something Wilson. I yeah. do know his last name's Wilson. I thought he played Biff. As about as good as you you ever going to get. The, I thought he played it very well. Biff Tannen, Thomas F. Wilson. Yeah, and he's he actually travels around now and does comedy. Does he mistaken, with with some music to it? If I'm not mistaken, because he he's done a little bit of that here and there. I, I, I thought he played that character great, man. From from in every iteration yeah, of, of the from character, the 50s yeah. to the future, and going back all the way there. I thought he, Biff Tannen going back to the 1800s. That was awesome. He played that really well. Yes, he did. And uh, very funny, by the way. But Great. Com- kind of that ignorant, <laughs> ignorant kind of, not stupid, but just didn't yeah. know, kind of the, the ignorant villain, the ignorant bad guy. I mean, some instances, yeah, he was just plain stupid, but I agree, man. That guy, Wilson played Biff Tannen to the T. You can't, if they were to remake Back to the Future, who were, who do you get to, who do you cast as Biff Tannen? Who can you get to replace that that character? Which I'm sure they said the same thing about you know when they were casting Jack Nicholson as Joker and and he was having to take over for Caesar I think Romero. You leave but, it alone. Leave it alone. I write the character Beth, out of the story. Huh? Write the character out of the story. Don't include him in the new movie. I, I don't don't do a new movie. Yeah. Leave it alone. Just at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Just just. Uh, I think it needs to be um, the way it is. Those are set in stone, and well, you know, I mean, we're in an era of remakes, I know, especially I know. especially it, from the eighties, dude. Something about society today is obsessed with the eighties. The yeah, 
Yeah. You know what I'm mean? saying? Kid, dude, because kids are wearing it, it faded out. Is. It's probably the greatest decade ever. ever kids are be. wearing faded out jeans, slappy yeah. shirts. Dude, everything the mullet comes, is coming everything back. Everything comes back. The mullet is coming back. Is it really? Do you, did you not see our quarterback the other day? Well, that's true. Our our quarterback at our high school, and I'm not going to say his name. He's I consider him one of my kids. Yeah. But he... He he grew out yeah, his hair and, and cut it into a mullet. Yeah, he's got a mullet. And well, I'm going to be honest, me. it doesn't look bad. I hate, I hate to say <laughs> really? that. It does, no, it, does, it, doesn't yeah. look, it does look bad, but it doesn't at the same yeah. time. You know, you just kind of want to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, they're going back to the skinny jeans. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the, like you said, the faded. That faded jean kind of look. Almost like somebody uh, just sprinkled stuff all over yeah. it. I mean, bleach. And yeah. just took bleach yeah. and just sprinkled all over your pants, but. And and the same, even kind of like the round, the big round glasses, especially hipsters. Hipsters are really into this style. The big round glasses with the baggy sweatshirt. I'm wearing a baggy sweatshirt right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, with with kind of light colored blue jeans and white Adidas shoes or or, or some, you know. Which I think is cool. Yeah. I think it's awesome. I like the style because I love the eighties. I love give me some Kenny Loggins. You know, bring yeah. it on, man. Yeah. Uh give me some 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 of the Eagles. You know, some there of their hits from the eighties. Yeah, and the seventies even. Yeah. Fleetwood Mac, bring it on, man. Yeah, I'm some, down for give it. Give me some journey. Give give me some journey. Yeah. Absolutely. Give me some give me some Rocky, some survivor. Yes. yes. I mean I Absolutely. The eighties are great, man. And I think which is why that that all that it's really with all that kind of coming into play. It's really surprising to me that nobody has said, "Hey, let's do a remake of Back to the Future." Yeah, let's bring this back. They've talked about it. Marty has even uh, Marty Michael Michael, Michael has come in and he said, "If they do it, he wanted to be a part of it. He kind of wanted to. Be, I think he wanted to take the scientist role of it, kind of become doc, the new doc, new doc in, in the movie." I, I don't know what all happened with it or where they were going. It may be still in the talks. They, I think they've got it on the shelf right now. Okay. If it, yeah. if it was to happen, can you believe Christopher Lloyd is still alive? Yeah, man, he just he must have been really young when they made that first one and just looked old. Like, wow. Yeah, he has to be. He's in his late seventies now. Got to be. Got to be. But that Joker is hilarious. He, oh, yeah. you know, he's one of the creators of Modern Family. I think. Did you ever watch Modern Family? Little bit of it. Uh, I didn't know he was creator of it though. Yeah, he he born October twenty second, nineteen thirty eight, which makes him eighty one years old. Oh wow. I didn't yeah. know he was that old. He has been married five times. <laughs> Fun fact about about him. But no, he uh that Joker has had a long and storied career. Man, I, he was in Kind of made his career, actually. It, it made his career. You think? And it probably also kind of put a stain on it, too, if you know what I mean, yeah. as, as far as going forward in anything yeah. else, because he couldn't play anything else. He was the Doc. He was he was Doc Brown. Yeah, I mean, Come Back so, to the Future. It, it was just kind of hard to put him in other roles in other movies. I think that's kind of why he took a step back, because he, he doesn't have a lot of acting credits compared no. to other people. Uh-uh. But he does have a crap ton of writing credits, producing yeah. credits, directing credits. The the guy's responsible for a lot of shows and movies that we all love and enjoy yeah. and we don't even know it. Right. Right. You know, like Modern Family. He was a, he played a huge role in the in the development of that TV show. I think he kind of embraced that role. That yeah. he he played the doc. And if you want to think of him that way, that's fine. I think you know cuz a yeah. lot of people seems like a lot of them actors if somebody really characterized him, hey man, that's 
that's that person from that particular movie, and they stay with that. Well, that actor don't necessarily like that. Yeah. They want them to they like move on, move on, play from all the you know, play other roles and stuff like that. Whereas he was just like, hey, that's cool. You know, I'm I'm the doc. If you want to consider me that way, and that's. I think he he kind of leveraged his fame or his because he gained a lot of industry cred, whether it was good or not. He gained a lot right. of industry credibility from those movies, and I think he kind of leveraged that into into allowing the powers that be in yeah. the industry let him create all this other stuff that he's created over the years. Yeah, because now he's considered. I mean, he is considered a comedic genius to a certain yeah well, uh, degree. In, uh, was it Taxi? Yes. Back in the 70s? He was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest Yeah, with uh, Nicholson. With Nicholson. Uh, they, uh, bringing it back to Nicholson. Yeah, yeah he was um, one of the psychiatric patients in that film. Yeah, so he was in a lot of them shows before, yeah. before Back to the Future came along. Yeah, he, his career in the 70s, late 70s was just starting. Yeah. He's 81 now. In 85, how old would he have been? We don't, I don't do math. I'm a history teacher, right. so I don't, I don't do math really well. Well, he could have... No, if he's if he's eighty now, no, he would have been in his early fifties. Yeah, he'd been in thirty his, years ago. Yeah, yeah, late forties. Late forties. Late forties. Yeah. So no, I mean, the first one was great. I thought overall the story to it, all the way to the third one, was up until I say the Avengers right now, <laughs> was one of the one of the greatest trilogies in my opinion, in my book. A lot of people won't say that, but I thought it was. What makes a good trilogy? The story. Where it over all of, all of the all of the films, it has to be a good story over the course of the three movies. <sighs> yeah, well, I mean, would you agree? Or should we say series and just open it up to 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 series, not necess- movie series, and not necessarily trilogies? I I agree with you. I think the story. So the problem with with sequels and trilogies and series is that quadrilogies, whatever you want to call them, is that you have to make a film that stands on its own. Yeah. But then it also has to have enough connections back to the entire series. You also have to have that story that can last, you know, yeah. that has a that can continue on an even keel and be good yeah. throughout the whole thing. I think you have that with yeah, and that's hard to do. Back to the Future. That's hard to do. Incredibly I, hard to do. Yeah. So um, it's incredibly hard to make one good movie, let alone three, four, five, or exactly. whatever. So I, that's why that's why I think it was it was good of its own with all three of them. But yeah, they're incredibly hard. I mean, they're hard to they're hard to do, and like you said, hard to make one really good movie, let alone make multiple. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, that's my that's my favorite. So, so you, it's your favorite because it just it captures kind of that that it's essence my childhood of movie. your childhood. Yeah. Yeah. So it was yeah my childhood movie, just along with the story of the movie. Well, was, I think that I think that makes us our decisions fairly fairly similar right. because. The Dark Knight's my favorite film yeah. right now because of the story. Back to the Future is your favorite film because it brings you back to your childhood, but also because it's a great story. Right. I mean, it's just a great, yeah. great story. And, you know, if you look back to 2008 when The Dark Knight came out, I was smack dab in the middle of my childhood. I was 13 years old. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm coming into my adolescence. I'm an eighth grader, about to be a freshman. And, you know, to go back to that time in my life, that that's just that movie. It takes me back there, and yeah. I, I love it. You and know? I, I'm... Try to watch it with the kids, yeah. And uh, I forget all yeah. the all the cussing. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot more than I remember at yeah. that time, I guess. Yeah. So um, when they get older, I'm sure they'll 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 enjoy it, and, yeah. and they can ignore that a lot more. Oh, it, I think it even if you look past that part, and you know, with all the cut or with some of the cussing in it and stuff, 
it grabs the kids' attention with with the storyline, yeah, and with uh, the Dark Knight, and, absolutely and too. So, but yeah, both good movies, both great great movies to uh, to reminisce on a little bit. That's awesome. That's want. awesome. We so you know this is kind of if you enjoyed. If you enjoyed that really long conversation yeah. to a fairly simple yeah. question, <laughs> what's your favorite movie? <laughs> then uh, you're going to enjoy the rest of this podcast. There is no indefinite end to this. No. We, we, we plan to do this as long as we can. I mean, thank you for listening. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I enjoyed it too. It's, 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 uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to create some more ways for y'all to interact with us. On the next episode, throw out an email address that you can contact us with questions. Yeah, I would just, uh, yeah, kind of and, I would say hang with us as we as we start to fill this thing yeah. out and move with it. And then because uh, our schedules are very hectic, yeah, yeah. So it, it may not be a too often thing, but as much as we possibly can, when we can, top thing. We're going to so. shoot to remain consistent. That's yeah. the goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's remain that's, consistent. And that's a good goal right now to shoot for. So, but um, thanks for listening, guys. We really do appreciate it. And and you know, if you have any suggestions, like I said, he and I are going to work on ways uh, for you to communicate those suggestions to us. We'll publish that in the next episode, or we'll put them in the show notes. But uh, sure. for uh, for Brandon Farmer, I'm Nick Wilson. Uh, we really do appreciate appreciate you guys listening. And uh, you can uh, you can talk or go home. See you guys. <laughs>